You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It's Monday, January 8th. We're talking some Pirates baseball. We bring in Pirates reporter for MLB.com, Adam Berry. Happy New Year, Adam. Uh, Just over a month till pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. And for some of us, uh, can't come soon enough with all the cold temperatures here. But we'll get into the lineup and rotation, how things shaping up for 2018. But still some big names being discussed in potential deals involving the Bucks. You wrote a little earlier today about Garrett Cole's name still out there and now being linked to the World Series champs, the Astros. Uh, What could that deal possibly involve with Cole? Yeah, for a month to go before pitchers and catchers, it seemed like there's still a lot of work to go with the work to do with the roster, including potentially the Pirates' uh, presumptive opening day starter in Garrett Cole. Uh, uh, Jeff Passan from Yahoo Sports today reported that the Pirates have uh, discussed Cole with the Astros after our own Allison Footer uh, spoke to Astros owner Jim Crane, who is very open about the fact that the defending world champs are looking for a high-end starter, whether that's via trade or free agency. Uh, Cole fits that bill despite the, uh, some of the struggles that he had due to the long ball uh, last season. You know, he's still young. He's under team control for two more years, and he has a ton of upside, as he's shown in 2015, and really uh, over stretches for the past two years. Uh, one name that, that Passan uh, reported uh, has been discussed between the Pirates and the Astros is outfielder Derek Fisher. Uh, he sort of fills that Clint Frazier role that we heard uh, being discussed uh, between the Pirates and Yankees in those trade talks, you know, kind of that, a recent prospect, already made his debut, sort of established outfielder who doesn't really have a starting role with his current team. That would be of some appeal to the Pirates potentially as they, you know, at least consider trading Andrew McCutcheon or at the very least losing him to free agency after 2018. Um, the Astros have a really high-end farm system as well. They have two prospects in particular, uh, Tucker the outfielder and Whitley the right-handed pitcher who are among the top 40 or 50 prospects in all of baseball that would certainly appeal to the Pirates. I think it's worth asking whether the the Astros would be willing to part with those guys when they don't really need a starter right now, especially with the number of guys still out there in free agency. You know, they could go and just give up money instead of prospects for you, Darvish, for Jake Arrieta, for Alex Cobb, for Lance Lynn. The list goes on and on. There's other high-end starters out there available via trade. But either way, it's interesting to hear that there's now kind of a market taking shape for Garrett Cole. You have the Yankees who we've heard a lot about. You have the Astros now, who make a lot of sense. And earlier in the offseason, we heard the Twins, who also have a lot of prospect depth to deal from. So it's seeming more and more likely that you know the Pirates will be really, be able to find a deal uh, that sort of suits their needs and their, their desires to kind of do a, a quick uh, reboot, rebuild, if you will, uh, heading into 2019. Uh, so it's just sort of a matter of, of which uh, potential suitor here really steps up and makes a, a real push for Garrett Cole. Adam, you touched on also Andrew McCutcheon there. I mean, he's really the, the face of the franchise. When people think Pirates, they, they think Andrew McCutcheon. And his name, though, as you said, circulated in trade talks in the offseason. The Giants, most recently the Mets, also mentioned as possible suitors. You know, I'll keep it simple. Is McCutcheon going to be back? Is he part of the long-term plan? What's your feeling surrounding the whole Andrew McCutcheon situation? Yeah, I think it just depends on what kind of offers they get at this point. I wrote about this at the end of last week. The Giants and the Mets are the teams that we've heard uh, most directly linked to them. Neither one really makes a lot of sense because they don't have that high-end talent. You know, that the Pirates are going to want in return for, as you said, the face of their franchise. But they don't view McCutcheon as a as a one-year rental that they're just trying to salary dump. They view him as a very good player, a number three hitter and center fielder potentially if he if he is back with the Pirates next season. So this is not a guy that they're just going to give away. 
you know, they're going to need to, uh, to get a good offer, somebody who, uh, you know, a young, controllable player who, who fills a need, uh, heading forward, who, a guy who can be a part of the next good Pirates team. Otherwise, I, I don't think they're going to, to get rid of him for the sake of getting rid of him. One interesting thing I heard at the winter meetings about a month ago was that the Pirates are probably more willing to trade Garrett Cole than they are Andrew McCutcheon. I think some of that is sentimental, you know, because of who McCutcheon is, what he's meant to this franchise, to the city, and very clearly what Pittsburgh means to McCutcheon as well. So I'm not necessarily guaranteeing a McCutcheon trade, if only for that reason, for the fact that a market hasn't taken shape quite as clearly as it has for him. And I just don't know where the fit is out there right now. You know, the Giants obviously could use him. They would be better for having him. I don't know what they have to give up. The Mets could upgrade their outfield with him. I don't know what they have to give up. You know, the same could be said for the Blue Jays, who very clearly need a corner outfielder. But, you know, there's still guys out there in free agency right now. You know, it might make more sense to just go sign a Lorenzo Cain or to go sign a Jay Bruce rather than, you know, trying to, to fill the Pirates' uh, request for prospects, uh, you know, this kind of late in the offseason. So, I'd say that one's more up for grabs, more uh, to be determined at this point. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, and with a guy like McCutcheon, you mentioned it too, there's that intangible factor of the city and the connection and that sentimentality, which is important to the fans as well going forward. So we'll see how that plays out. And certainly directly on the field in the lineup, if if McCutcheon's not going to be there, you have to find somewhere else to replace the bat and really a lineup that struggled last season, third fewest runs in baseball. They hit just 244 as a team. So as we look towards the lineup now in 2018, how do you see that shaping up and possibly improving from last year? Yeah, at this point, there's really not a whole lot that would change from the from the last day of 2017 to the first day of 2018, unless they make a move. Uh, we did it yeah, just now on MLB.com. We drew it up, and you know it's Josh Harrison, Starling Marte, Andrew McCutcheon, Josh Bell, David Freeze, Gregory Polanco, Francisco Cervelli, and Jordy Mercer. Those are some really familiar names. Uh, the issue for them last season, as much as anything, was getting those guys on the field, healthy, and all productive at the same time. Uh, you know, McCutcheon struggled for the first two months of the season. Gregory Polanco was injured and ineffective more often than he wasn't after, a, you know, one good half in 2016. Starling Marte was suspended. Francisco Cervelli was injured. They just had a lot of missing pieces, basically. You know, the, the one place you could say they could upgrade very clearly is third base. You know, David Freeze is a league average hitter at this point, uh, was high up on the team and on base percentage, but you probably want a little bit more power from the corners, especially if you're going to bat them, you know, somewhere in the, in the middle of that lineup. But really, you know, at this point, they're kind of dependent upon the guys that they have uh, as far as upgrading. And, you know, if they're going to rebuild, I don't necessarily see them going out there and making a big play in free agency or anything like that. I, I think they're kind of going to stick with the guys that they have. Um, you know, if anything, they may lop off a piece or two. And Harrison, who we've also heard in trade rumors, or McCutcheon, uh, and they're just kind of going to go going to go from there. It's if everybody is there and healthy, it's a deep lineup, you know, full of basically there are no bad hitters, there are no holes in the lineup, and that's sort of their goal over the last two years was to get that, you know, keep the line moving, you know, uh, grind out at bats, work down starting pitchers, and get to the bullpen. But problem is they haven't been healthy or on the field and in the lineup at the same time to make it work. So I think that would be the the main goal and the main area of improvement heading into 2018. Let's switch over to the rotations now, Adam, as well. Um, Pirates 18th in total runs allowed last year, 13th in ERA, so pretty much middle of the pack there. Talk about the rotation, how that's looking going into the season. As of right now, there would be no changes at all. Um, Obviously, a Garrett Cole 
trade could change that significantly. But Neil Huntington all but said at the winter meetings that the Pirates are going to roll into this spring, counting on the same five guys who made the, the majority of their starts this past year, which would be Garrett Cole, Yvonne Nova, Jamison Tyone, uh, uh, Chad Cool, and uh, Trevor Williams. Those are the five guys, really, that you can kind of pencil in heading into spring training, unless Cole goes somewhere else, in which case that opens an opportunity for a Stephen Brawl to Tyler Glasnow, maybe a, an external acquisition, somebody they get in the trade, maybe a more veteran free agent who can eat some innings, uh, possibly later in the year, somebody like Nick Kingham or Clay Holmes. Uh, but right now, you know, those are the five guys that I mentioned before. And like you said, they were kind of middle of the pack ultimately last year, despite the fact that you know, there were so many ups and downs individually and then as a group. You know, Garrett Cole wound up having a roughly average ERA despite some really great stretches and a really bad stretch. Tyone uh, was great early on, had the testicular cancer diagnosis, came back great, struggled, put it together at the end. Chad Cool was awful for three months and then great the rest of the way. Trevor Williams pretty well held his own, and Yvonne Nova was just brilliant for you know a couple of months there to start the season and then fell off toward the end. So the challenge there is not so much getting the personnel out there together at the same time. They were surprisingly stable, a rare feat in today's game to have that many starters make 25 or more starts. The problem is the guys that they had weren't consistent throughout the course of the season. So that's kind of what you expected with a young rotation. I think you'll see some some strides in the right direction in 2018, especially from a guy like Tyone, who really has all the ability and has all the tools and mental makeup to be a very good uh, sort of top of the rotation, number two, number three type starter uh, when everything is working in his direction. Got to like what you saw from Chad Cool in the second half, and Trevor Williams is maybe one of their best uh, stories and most pleasant surprises of 2017. So the core is there. If they have depth, they have upside. They just need to have some consistency. Yeah, and usually on a team, when we look at the bullpen, that's something that has the most turnover. Uh, the Pirates, in terms of their bullpen, do they have a lot of turnover going into this season, or is that also a similar bring back a lot of the guys there uh, in the back end of that pen? At this point, it's pretty similar to the group that you saw in September after they jettisoned Juan Nicasio. You know, they have no questions in the ninth inning with Felipe Rivero, so they're good there. Uh, they have George Contos, who is a really savvy August waiver claim, uh, came, coming over from the Giants. He can fill a number of roles. Right now, he'd probably be a setup guy. Uh, Daniel Hudson struggled in his first year as a Pirate in 2017. They still like his stuff. They like his makeup and his, his experience. So at this point, you might want to pencil him in for a setup role, kind of see where it goes. He pitched better in low leverage last season. Uh, two young guys, Dovidus Neverauskas and Edgar Santana, uh, made their debuts last season, and they got better in September. I think those are two potential you know, future late-inning setup guys for Rivero, uh, who you're going to want to see some strides from in 2018. Great stuff, good makeup you know, from both guys. Just sort of need to figure out how to make their stuff play at the major league level, which you saw some hints of uh, in September, which is obviously a good sign. The last two spots are pretty well up for grab. Uh, you know, it's dependent partially on who makes the rotation. If there's a Garrett Cole trade, you know, otherwise you could see Steven Brault there because you need a lefty guy to pitch multiple innings. I don't know what else he has to prove in AAA, so he seems like a pretty logical fit there. And then they have uh, Rule 5 draft pick Jordan Milbrath, who was a really good ground ball guy in AA last year. Rule 5 picks are always kind of hard to predict. You can never be too sure if they're going to lock down a spot or not in spring training. But at this point, I'm penciling him in there for that spot because – they clearly like something about him enough to take him in the Rule 5. Uh, other candidates for that spot would probably be A.J. Shugel, who's pitched in the big leagues the last couple of years. 
Tyler Glasnow, Neil Huntington has mentioned that they could carry both of those young starters, Brault and Glasnow, in the opening day bullpen if they don't make the rotation and it's not worth sending them to AAA. So a lot of different ways they could go with those last couple of spots. There's still time left in the offseason and a ton of names still out on the free agent market where they could fill you know, one or two of those spots uh, externally at this point. But I'd say the core of those main five, Rivero, Contos, Hudson, Neverowskis, and Santana, are going to be the same that you saw in September. And I think that's uh, that's a core they're pretty comfortable with at this point. They could maybe use a, a veteran uh, to plug back in there with Rivero and Contos, but those are the guys at this point they have penciled in. And also a very quietly effective group last September. I think it was a 2-5-something ERA, which is not at all what you would have predicted from a bullpen that lost really its second-best reliever in Nicasio. So there are some encouraging signs, things to look forward to as far as the group that they're bringing back next year. Absolutely. And, Adam, as we wrap up here, um, the MLB continues its rookie career development program, each team attending last weekend. And for the Pirates, it was outfielder Austin Meadows. What type of progress uh, has Meadows made, and what can you tell us about him? Yeah, the biggest question with Meadows is always going to be his health. It's been an issue for him uh, really throughout his minor league career. To the point that it's kind of impressive that he's made it to AAA at age 23, you know, despite all the hamstring and oblique setbacks that he's had. And that was something that he talked about at the at the program there. Just the, you know, he's found a new trainer this off season uh, at home. He's really sort of worked more one on one with him, uh, sort of learning how his body works. He seemed really comfortable and really excited about the progress that he's made just physically, because that's the only question with Meadows. The tools are obvious. It's what made him a top 10 draft pick back in 2013. It's it's what's made him such an exciting prospect throughout his time in the minors, and it's what's helped propel him through the system despite some of those occasional setbacks. He can hit. He can hit for some power. He's fast. He can play the outfield. Uh, You know, he's basically still viewed as Andrew McCutcheon's long-term successor at this point. The question is just going to be, can you count on him to be on the field uh, first off in AAA to start this season, you know, to get the reps, to get the development that he needs to prove that he's ready for the big leagues. And then they're going to need to, uh, him to be one of their guys. You know, like I said last week, this is a team built around its outfield and its pitching, and they're going to need all three outfielders, that, which will, you know, in the very near future be Starling Marte, Gregory Polanco, and Austin Meadows. So I think he's ready. He believes it's just a matter of health and staying on the field consistently. He's very confident in what he's able to do. Uh, when he is on the field. MLB Pipeline's Jonathan Mayo caught up with Austin Meadows at last weekend's Rookie Career Development Program, and here's what he had to say. All right, I, I mean, I think the first question Pirate fans want to know is, you know, health-wise, because I know you, the injury bug hit you again. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. Um, back home, I have a, a new trainer um, I'm with back home in a, at a indoor facility, obviously, with a cold. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm working out with him now. Um, and I'm getting back into the groove of things right now about to start up baseball activity. Um, but everything is going really smooth right now. What, what have you done or tried to do to change that routine? Because I mean, anytime you have a recurring injury, you, I'm sure you get concerned and you have to think, yeah. all right, well, what, what do I need to do to make sure that the hamstrings are okay yeah. in the future? Uh, you know, for me, it's really just venturing out and trying to find, you know, the right person that kind of fits for me. Um, it was a lot of research for me and just trying to figure out where I want to go and who I want to work out with specific, um, that's specific in what they do and if they have really good experience in what they do. Um, that The trainer I have now, and he has, he's really experienced with athletes before. Um, and it's more one-on-one training. He, you know, he assessed me um, the first day I was in there. 
kind of figured out how my body worked. And then, you know, ever since that day, he's really been coaching me up and had a you know, certain form and doing all the right type of things right now. So that's, a, that's been a huge, huge difference right now for me and just really paying attention to detail in my lifts and making sure everything is, is spot on. We've talked about this before, but your, your career so far has been sort of so hard to understand because mm -hmm. you've been dinged up yeah. often, yeah. so that's kind of held you back. But yet you made it to AAA at yeah. such a, a young age. Um, you know, do you feel that you're just like a stretch of staying healthy away from really being able to contribute in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the injury bug, you know, it's it's definitely bitten me, you know, and it's it's, it's been a tough road. Um, but you know that I feel like that <clears throat> that's behind me now, and you know I've really learned a lot. You know, I've ventured out. I've learned a lot about myself, about my body, and really how to take care of myself and really be, you know, more strict on my body and more strict on whether it's the, my diet or um, anything off the field, just really taking care of it and really putting my career first. Not that I haven't done that in the past, but just kind of being a lot more nailed down um, in that sense. But, um, you know, I think, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to the opportunity of this year and um, I'm looking forward to, you know, staying on the field. Um, and that's, you know, when, when I stay on the field, you know, I'm definitely capable of, you know, doing a lot on the field as I have in the past. and. I think there's definitely uh, more to come there. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. One of the things that's really impressed me is that uh, it hasn't discouraged you. And you come out and when you play for an extended period of time, you, you perform. I mean, even this year, the beginning of the year, I know you started out of the gate slow, yeah. but then you started to figure things out in, in, in AAA. Uh, do you, you know, you, it sounds like you still have that confidence going into 2018 that you know when that call comes when, or whether you're in AAA, whatever it is, that you know that you that you can hit and you can feel you can do all the the things that made you a first round pick to begin with yeah yeah um th the confidence is you know always going to be there and you know whether it's an injury or not i'm always going to give my best on the field whether and i'm not gonna i'm not the guy to say you know with injuries it kind of, that's kind of altered my performance in the past you know i, I think the, the, the injuries the injuries are going to be there the injuries are what they are um but I, i'm going to go on the field when i when i have the opportunity to each and every day hopefully this this upcoming year um to just go out there and perform and be as consistent as I, as I can. Now, did I hear that you got engaged this offseason? I did, yes. So, I mean, what's that experience like, just in terms of giving a little larger world perspective? Yeah, um, the experience was amazing. Uh, I had to plan it all in about a week. Uh, the, originally, the, I did it at the Biltmore up in Nashville, North Carolina, and the hotel was, the reservations were all, everything was reserved up until Christmas, and this was uh, early November, or mid-November, and I did it on the no November 25th, so I had to push up the plans. I basically had to say that the only availability of the hotel was that week, that weekend, that the next weekend. So I was like, bought the ring, did everything in a week, and everything actually worked out really smoothly. So everything is going really well so far. Good. Right. <laughs> a couple of sort of fun questions too. What's your go-to uniform number? Like if you, you could get one jersey when you get to the big leagues, what like, and, and, and yeah. why is it that that's the number? Oh, I was 13 last year. I had a lot of injuries, so I'm not going to go back with that one. That's an unlucky number in general, anyways. Um, 15, I think, is my is my number. Um, yeah, that's the one I've performed with the most. I mean, I'm not not to say I'm superstitious, but um, in Altoona, and that was my my healthiest year as well. And I think I'm going to revert back to 15. I think that's the, that's the solid number to go with. Who uh, who is your celebrity lookalike? celebrity look-alike yeah I'm sure people say you, you look like somebody yeah um, who's the who's the who's the guy in the uh, the Cinderella story the Chad Michael Murray maybe is that no you heard of him <laughs> he's the blonde dude that plays the like the guy in the movie and a lot of people say I look like him. all right famous actor <laughs> what's the craziest experience you've had in baseball 
craziest experience I've had in baseball. Good, bad. You choose. <laughs> um, the craziest experience I've had in baseball. I got one. Bus broke down on the way to, um, this was this past season. Uh, we are on the way to somewhere in Ohio. We were playing, it was in AAA this year, this past year. Bus broke down. Uh, we were on one bus, and we had to, or there were two buses. The one of us broke down, so we had to uh, park both the buses on the side of the road. This is at like 4 in the morning, 3 in the morning. And we had to take all of our entire luggage off of the bus and put it on the one behind us, and it probably took an hour. <laughs> so it was, it was a whirlwind. We got to the, it was a t on the way to Toledo. And we got to Toledo at like 5 or 6 a.m., and it was a disaster. But I don't think I played the next day, which was nice. Good. That's a minor league baseball in a nutshell. There it right is, there. right? All right. Thanks, Austin. Appreciate cool. it. Adam Berry joining us. Adam, great stuff as always, my friend. Thanks for the time. Talk to you again soon. I'm Darwin Zook, and thanks for tuning in on MLB.com Extras.